Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me as always is... Hey guys, what's going on? It is Jason. We are back, school is in full swing, both my kids and myself. Lots of things happening, and it is so hot here in the Midwest. Like, really hot. Yeah, it's awful. You go outside for like two minutes and you're like covered in sweat. It's disgusting. Ugh. Because we have lovely humidity here in Ohio. So, you know, it says it's 89 degrees outside and it feels like 96. Yeah, it's true. Or hotter. Yeah. So we we are staying inside most of these, most days, which uh, is nothing new for Jason, but <laughs> we're also trying to keep our kids inside because it's so hot. That's true. That's like the best days of my life is when it's hot and I can't go outside. It's just an actual excuse. <laughs> yep. Um, right here at the top, I want to start with a fickle favorite. I've mentioned before that if someone joins the Riveted and they post, I'm going to give them a shout out. And then Jason reminded me, hey, maybe you don't say someone's name because we don't know if they want us to. So um, I will just say, "Our hello, my new fickle favorite, Tyler W., who is another Canadian. So I'm, I'm already apologizing now. Jason is terrible about For speaking me. about Canadians. Um, I well, love in, Canadians. In my defense, he did say he's been listening for a while, so he already knows. Yeah, you probably already know. When people say they've been listening for a while, I always wonder, like, have they just been listening to Joel? And then once they hit, like, episode 100 or something, they're like, oh, my gosh, who is this woman talking? What happened to Joel? And they just stop listening. I would say if he he added himself to the riveted, he probably already knows that that you're on the show now. Just just a guess. I don't know, but if I share something on there, usually it's from like the board game mechanics. I can like fly under the radar, maybe. I'm pretty sure he, everybody knows. I I think they know. Okay, I just keep like being worried about people having a nasty shock when they start hearing me on the podcast instead of Joel. It'll be fine. Don't just think Joel sounds different. It's not a big deal. Mm, okay. Well, so Tyler W., welcome to The Riveted. Um, so glad you joined us. If anyone else is listening and want a shout out, longtime listener, first time caller, join hashtag The Riveted, our Facebook group. We love to have you in there. And I, I was so excited that Tyler W. was like, hey, I've been listening. Um, it's just my wife and I at home and asked a question like, what are some really great two player games? And we're like, yeah. And all of you members of The Riveted jumping in, saying welcome, suggesting games that just shows how awesome the community is. So thanks, guys, for that. And thank you for joining us, Tyler, and your wife. Yep, I agree. Welcome, and hopefully uh, we don't run you run you away. And I'll try to be I'll try to be nicer to Canadians. I'll try. Okay, it's hard, but I'll try. Oh man, we might be moving to Canada one of these days. We'll just get fed up, cross the border. <laughs> That's true. You have to learn to use the funny colored money. And I'll have to start eating at Tim Hortons every day. Hey, I, before my first day of class, I stopped by Tim Hortons. And got a bagel and an ice cap supreme. So I was like super caffeinated and sugared up for my eight o'clock class. I don't think my students knew what hit them. That's yeah. They're all they're all hoser, they're all hosers anyway. <laughs> Canadians are <or> my students. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we love new people in the riveted, and I love Canadians. Moving on to news. some really neat games um this week 
from Kickstarter, but they are all ending fairly quickly. So I'm hoping you're caught up with us in real time because these look cool and I don't want you to miss out. The first one is has been everywhere and probably because it's so stinking adorable. And that is Flamecraft from Cardboard Alchemy. This game has these adorable little dragons and they're so, so, so cute. So it um, appears to be worker placement, kind of contract fulfillment, some hand management. So you have this town, which is like a huge player board or a huge board in the middle. Um, I think it's fabric, actually. And you've got these shops that you can go around and visit to gain different resources so you can kind of complete, um, I think, spells. Is that right? Or enchantments. And it says engine shared engine building. I, I don't know if I'd call it that necessarily, um, but going to these different places, depending on what dragon is there, kind of triggers different things based on your cards. Um, so there's just lots of really neat interaction. Um, it, it reminds me in some ways of Ex Libris, which I think is a great game, but is kind of undervalued because the script is real tiny on the places you visit, but it has that feeling of kind of going out to these kind of shared spaces on the board, being able to collect where you place affects other people who are going to place there in the future. Um, and it's really cute. Like the artwork on this is adorable. These cute little dragons. Um, I just, I love them. And there's like, like they are different types of dragons. So like, like there's a bread dragon that you know, you get, it gets like toast and it's, they're just so adorable. Like I hardly know even about the gameplay because I'm like, look at these cute little dragons. So if you like cute dragons, if you like worker placement and that kind of fulfillment, collecting resources, um, maybe a cuter version even of, like uh, Lords of Waterdeep with maybe some extra mechanics, check out Flamecraft. Um, it also has a solo mode, I do believe, that it is for one to five players. So five player count is cool, and for a lot of us, one. And it says 60 minutes. So that's a pretty short time. Variety of player counts and adorable. So check that out. There are five days left when this Kickstarter drops or when this episode drops for this Kickstarter, the standard is $39. However, you know me and I like really cute bits. So I would strongly suggest take a look at the deluxe version, which is $79, but you get dragon minis. You get like little steaks, like all these really cute, um, custom wooden tokens like crystals and toast and anvils and um, leaves and uh, potions and you get metal coins you get these um, game trays like inserts and it even fits sleeved cards in those game trays and all the little dragons have a home how cute so that's 79 bucks so check out flamecraft yeah i've i've watched a couple things on this and i still have no idea what this game is or why it all of a sudden seemed to be the hottest game of the decade. I, I don't get it. Other than cuteness, maybe. But yeah, it looks fine. Yeah, I it's, it is cute. But I definitely want the deluxe. 
which means we will never get it. I'm sure you do. So twice the amount of the game, so you can have some little bits and some pieces of steak. 210 special wooden bits. They're so cool. Yeah, I'm sure they are. Cool for someone else to buy. Guys, you see what I'm dealing with? You see what I have to live through? The sacrifices I make. I can't have cute wooden bits. We got to have dumb cubes or cardboard chits. Hey, we don't call cubes dumb on this channel, okay? <sighs> I'm going to start my own channel. It's called Cubes Are Dumb. <laughs> Go for you it. Hate on it all you want. Um, the next game I want to talk about is a trick-taking game. And I have talked about before, I really like trick-taking games. I probably should have mentioned that as a favorite mechanic last week. That was a missed opportunity. Uh, I do really like trick-taking games. I have grown up playing, I'm in the Midwest, so I play hearts and euchre and all those things, spades. So um, the game I want to talk about is Reapers. And um, this is a game by New Mill Industries. So they do a lot of those kind of different types of themed games. And Reapers is no exception. So it's a trick-taking game. It's very similar to Hearts or Spades, but it's got some really cool differences. So to take your hand, you actually draft it from a face-up pile with three cards instead of it being dealt to you. And then when you win a trick you actually score, instead of the, just the trick itself as one point, you score the lowest value of the, like lowest valued card in that trick. That's your points, which I think is really interesting because the variability of what that could be is super cool. The suits are like really this nice macabre. I don't know why I really like that kind of dark theme. So you've got daggers, poison, plague, and pistols, which I think is cool so cool and then you've got like these two specialty cards reapers and demons um and then there's also a wager kind of aspect to this where you say oh this is how much i think i'm gonna do with this hand um i'm gonna score the fewest points i'm gonna score the second most points or just kind of like i'm not gonna predict i'm just gonna go with whatever I think that's a really interesting thing because that's added pressure a little bit of pusher of luck um I've been playing trick-taking games for a long time. So uh, the way people bid and bet, I always find interesting. That's another layer to a trick-taking game for me. There's almost a social kind of, not social deduction aspect, but there's something to that that just adds a new layer to the game. So this game looks really cool. So if you like trick-taking games, if you like interesting themes, I would check out Reapers. But... Check it out fast. There are three days left on this Kickstarter. The best part about it is you can get a print and, a print and play version for, I think, $5. Good job, Katie. What did you do your research? Yeah, that's what you told okay, me a couple that's days what ago. I thought. $5. Um, I think you can get a print and play for 5 bucks, But the game itself is only 20 bucks. Yes, $5 for a print and play. For 20 bucks, you can get a copy of it, which is nice. That's right, Jason's Alley. And if you're in the U.S., that includes free shipping. Anywhere else, I think, in the world, it's $10 shipping on that. So still, 30 bucks for a pretty good trick-taking game. Not bad. So check out Reapers. Three days left in that Kickstarter. Yeah, I actually looked at this one on my own before you said you were putting it on news. And it seems cool. So this is one that the price point is amazing. <laughs> but this is one that I would be willing to try. Hey, I know you're not going to back it. It's fine. <coughs> Yeah, you're probably right. Our last Kickstarter, um, Jason actually did a video for, and it also is a trick-taking type game with some 
interesting kind of twists. Um, so that game is called Wicked and Wise by Weird Giraffe Games. And you can play, what, two to six players, I think, in this? Uh, yes, yes, I believe. You want me to talk about this a little sure. bit? Sure. Since you played it, tell us about it. All right. So this is, like Katie said, a trick-taking game. But the interesting thing is, based on the number of players, every game is going to have a different setup. So if it's an even amount of players, there's going to be a dragon and a mouse. If there's an odd number of players, one of the players is going to have to be the mouse and a dragon. So they're going to have a hand that they're playing face up, which will be the mouse. And then their dragon hand is going to be the actual hand that they're playing the trick-taking game with. I haven't played odd numbers. I only know the even number piece, but that's how the odd number thing works. So, but the interesting thing about this game is in the team of a dragon and a mouse, only the dragon is playing the trick-taking part. So they're going to play a card for the value and the suit. And when it gets to the mouse, they're going to play a card for the ability that's on the card to help the dragon be able to get better cards, score some points, get some coins and all that kind of thing. Because you're trying to end the game with the most coins. The mouse still has to follow suit and all that kind of thing. But the number on their card is irrelevant they just have to use the card for the ability. Then they'll come back to the dragon. They'll play a second card. And just like normal trick-taking, highest card wins the suit. Uh, to go along with that, there's also some goal cards that you're going to pick at the beginning of each round. And your team is trying to fulfill this goal. So you may have to take five of the tricks. You may have to take one trick that has this suit. You may have to take less tricks than your opponent. Or you may have to stick your opponent with like eight of these different kinds of suits. A whole bunch of different kinds of things that you're going to look at and try to sort out and try to accomplish in each round to end the game with the most coins. So that's effectively how the game works. Trick-taking, but with some cool little twists on it. Okay, I also think the artwork is really pretty on this. It's got this, like, this great color palette, these, like, kind of mystical-looking um, illustrations to it. It's really cute, really pretty. Um, so if you're interested in that... Six days left on the Wicked Wise Kickstarter, and it's 25 bucks. It's definitely worth it. I mean, there's a lot of game in there, like with all the different goal cards. And uh, I mean, it's trick-taking, so it's going to be super familiar. But just the different rules and different player counts, there's a lot of game in that, that box. So 25 bucks is solid. All right. And that's what I have from Kickstarter this week. All right. So let's talk about some games that we played so we got some new hotness games played maybe i don't know i'm terrible with this but um we played some games last week and this week and three of them we're going to talk about are coming up so the first game is shelfie stacker which was on kickstarter i think last year or something like that i think so and it fulfilled this year or last year i don't know it doesn't matter but it's from uh shim phillips and it's not from garfield games it's from arc coast i think it's from a different company but it's a shim phillips design and what you're doing in this game is you are drafting dice that are going to have face values that look like board game books in a shelf cube and what you're trying to do is you're trying to put dice of the same color in the same column from low number to high number so the bottom has to have the lowest number going up to the top is the highest number and you're trying to fulfill these different goals in, in the game. You're trying to score points if you can get your column all the way up to the top. If you can get to the fourth row, the third row, that kind of thing. You're just trying to score points. Uh, the tricky part is sometimes you have to take a die and it goes in your shelf of shame. And it's going to lose you two points because you can't legally place it on your actual shelf following rules or special abilities and all that thing. And the, um, each round you have a, a hand of like seven cards or something. And you're going to play one of the cards, which is going to give you some kind of special ability, and it's going to determine who gets to draft first. So low card gets first pick at the five or six different boxes of dice that are out on the table to draft from. So 
there's a, a it's a pretty simple game, but the cards and the special abilities give it a little bit more of a, a gamer feel to it. So, um, what did you think about this one? I really like this game, and I think I, I like a lot of games like this. I don't know what you call that mechanic where you have to organize stuff, <laughs> but real life, yeah. I, I just really like that, like this, um, Ex Libris, like I mentioned before, where you're organizing, you know, like shelves of cards, even like things like Ohanami, where you're organizing um, numbers, like, I like that, even though I am pretty disorganized in real life. Um, I think it's the challenge of it, which is weird, because now I'm thinking about it, that's really what like Sagrada is like, in some ways. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, I know. Maybe I just like themed. I like when they're themed better. <laughs> No, I actually didn't mind Sagrada the last time I played it. Well, the Selfie Stacker is a lot more of a game than Sagrada is, I think, because of the card play and all that stuff. Right, right. And that's the other thing is I like that kind of basic idea, but I also love um, games where you all have the same set of cards, but you just choose how and when you play them, and they like have special powers that kind of... like leapfrog off of how and when they're played like i just think that's really interesting too and i like that you can um play cards in this and when you play them that doesn't mean you have to use the power on the card um but you're kind of reserving that for a future um and you don't really know like you choose i think half like eight of the 16 possible um characters with powers that you can play and you don't really know how the game's going to go. So you're like, oh, this seems like a good power. I'm going to pick this one. And you may not even need it. I, I, I like that kind of a challenge. Like, I, I thought it was really good. I, I think you were saying that a bunch of people didn't like it or it was too easy or something. I really enjoyed this. And I wanted to back it when it was on Kickstarter. And somebody did not. <laughs> and Yeah, I don't know who that guy is. He's. Clearly a I hope that Miser is regretting it now because this would be a really fun game to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I like the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. The artwork is good. I was going to say something before you started talking about being me being a miser. Uh, I mean, it's not news, so I don't know why I threw you off your game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like this game a lot, too, because I think I won, I'm pretty sure, because I was dominating. Did you win? I had like two in-game goals. I scored a pile of points. I thought I oh, won. Oh, yeah. I was mad with in-game goals. So, of course, you'd snatch them right up before I was getting ready to do it on my turn. Yep. But yeah, I, I like this game. As far as it like compares to Sagrada or Azul or something like that, I would rather play this than both of those. Just because the theme is like, yes, it's super meta, like you're in, organizing your board game shelves, but it has cool art. It's kind of like, you know, it's just a cool, a cooler theme. I don't care about theme, but it makes the game a little bit more enjoyable. And I think the card play adds a little bit too. So it just makes it me want to come back to it more than the other. Yeah, it's got this tongue-in-cheek kind of fun thing to it and vibrant colors. And the only way it would be better is if they were like actual physical little like wooden tokens that were board games and you got to stack them in. But, you know, that's asking a lot. And that would be super expensive. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, so that was Shelfie Stacker. The next game I think is also a new hotness game. Again, I have no idea. Um, and it's called Brew. And it's from Pandasaurus. And I thought this was about making coffee for a long time, but it's really about making like magical potions. You're brewing magical potions. And the way this game works is everyone's going to get a special uh, a character with a special ability or not, if you want to play the, the basic side. And you're going to have um, four dice of your color and two element dice, which are going to give you different 
abilities and actions that you can take. And what you're going to do is you're going to roll those dice, and on your turn, you're going to play a die either onto the main village board, which will give you some actions, or into one of the forests to try to do an area control, but will also let you gather some resources. And then after you do that, you can spend resources that you have on your board to brew a potion, and you can also drink a potion if you would like. So that's effectively what you're doing. And the goal of this game is to get the most points by having majorities in these forests, these forest cards that are out there, acquiring creatures that can live in your forest to give you extra points. And I'm not sure what the other points are. That might be all the points. Uh, And you can earn some points throughout the game by taking some other different actions. But area control, making potions, drinking potions, score the most points. That's what it is. So what did you think of Brew? I didn't like it. (laughs) I I mean... the look of it was interesting, um, but as we will, I'm here's a spoiler. I don't like area control games. Um, they're like impossible for me to win. I I just felt like, and I think because the reason is, I like when there's multiple paths to victory, but you don't get that in area control game because you have to go where everybody else goes and try to beat them out. I like the way the potions let you do different things. I think that's cool that that you can break the rules with them. That was probably the most fun part is when you played one of those. Um, Otherwise, I really just did not. I didn't like it. It was okay, but I would definitely not play it again. Yeah, I I didn't dislike it as much as you did, I don't think. But having to roll dice and then be at mercy of the die faces and then having to use those die faces to go do area majority is a little too much. Like uh, either I want to roll dice and be able to just go to wherever I want to go, or I want to just do strictly area control, having some random dice and then area control makes it a little bit tough. Um, I didn't hate it though. The potions were cool. They gave you cool special abilities. The artwork was nice, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's not, it's fine. I would play it again probably, but it's not something that I need to go track down and add to our shelves. So yeah, but it was fine. Mm. All right. So the last game we're going to talk about is, we'll say it again, a new hotness game. <laughs> and it is an all versus one game, hidden movement game, and it's called Mind Management. So if you don't know what an all versus one game is, it's kind of a cooperative game where some people are being on the same team trying to track down this person who is trying to move around and complete a goal to defeat the people who are working together. But in this game, the one person is hidden, their movement's hidden, kind of like Scotland Yard or Fury of Dracula, and you're trying to figure out where they are, capture them, and stop them from meeting their goal. Uh, This is based on some comic book, I think. Um, It has really bizarre art, a weird theme. You're like inside this person's head trying to get some information or something. I I don't know. I don't don't think that's the theme. (laughs) It's psychic stuff. So somebody's inside someone's head doing some things. That's why it's called mind management. You're trying to put blockers up so they can't get into your mind and know yeah, things. Yeah, but I don't think they're inside someone's head. They're trying to recruit people through all these mind things. Okay, yeah. So it's a weird theme. <laughs> Basically, uh, you have a character. All the people who are working together have a character that's going to have some kind of special ability. Um, they're going to be moving around the board trying to ask the, I forget what they're called, the recruiter, some questions to figure out where they are, to see the path that they're moving around the board, to try to figure out which items or pictures on this board they're trying to get to to recruit more spies or people or whatever. Um, you can make it so they lose all of their cards. You, they can, you can spoil their plans, all that kind of thing. But ultimately, you're trying to capture them, being on the same space as them, and saying, hey, I'm going to try to capture you before they fulfill their mission. It's like 15 turns or something. 16. 
um, 16 turns, uh, and that's effectively the game. I know there's more to it. There's different packs you can add into it. We just played the basically the intro game so we can learn what we were doing and all that kind of thing. So what did you think of this one? The more I think about this one, the more I really like it, actually. Um, so for us, there's there's almost in some ways two parts of this game. So the person that everyone else is against, they are trying to recruit people and they have like three cards of a, that show certain symbols that are around the board that allow them to recruit people. Then they've got these cards that you can see that if they can get their little minions to be on, like two of them be on the same symbol as one of the cards, they can recruit people that way. So there's this kind of deduction piece where you're figuring out what kind of symbols they have behind their screen to recruit people. So you can kind of foil their recruitment plans and you get different pieces of information to do that. And then you're also tracking their movements and trying to figure out where they are so you can capture them. Um, so it's like stopping recruitment as well as then capturing them because you can lose when they recruit like 12 people. Fif- 15. 15. Okay. So I like that kind of deductive piece where you're trying to figure out what they're using to recruit people. So like, I had no problem with that. That was easy. I was like, yeah, let's knock it out. In like the first two turns, we had two of the three symbols done. And once you figure out what those are, they're unable to recruit that way. So that was awesome. However, I am terrible at figuring out how things move um, in a hidden roll game. I am so bad at that. Like I just, I, I'm just not smart. It's in that way. It's spatial movement, manipulation kind of stuff in some ways, and I just can't, I just don't think that way. So the nice thing about working cooperatively is like I was taking down the deductive piece and then Jason was working on the movement piece. Um, so that, I think that helped. Like I, I like that there was the cooperative aspect because of the different types of work that you have to do in the game. Um, the art was freaky weird, but kind of cool. Um, the actual insert in the game is awesome um to open new packs as you go along um i don't love all versus one because i don't want to be mean to the one person and i also don't want to be the one person everyone's mean to but sometimes it it does kind of feel good to be like the evil mastermind so i could see where that would appeal to a lot of people um so overall i'd say yeah i would play it again i don't feel like i need to own it but i kind of liked it i had a good time playing it at least yeah i think um if i played it again i'd want to be the person that's hiding i I just the more I play cooperative games, the more they're just not for me. It's okay. And I know this is not all all the way cooperative, but I was on the cooperative side and I just didn't dig it as much. Why don't you like working with other people? I don't know. Same. I don't know. I'm a loner. Like I want to be a loner. But that's the the other thing is you don't like mean games, which is where you're really completely versus everyone. So it just doesn't make sense to me. I want a game where we're all playing our own little game together and we'll see who wins at the end. That's what I want. Okay. But, I, I mean, I didn't hate the game. Like, I didn't, you know, I didn't hate what, what we did in it. I just, if it was up to me, I wouldn't play this type of game. Just because it's not necessarily my jam. But I had fun playing it. So, I, you know, I would play it again. I just, not something I'm going to ask to play over and over and over. Okay. All right. So, on that awesome note, <laughs> we're going to end the game's wait section and move in to the feature. Funny you 
you should mention that you really don't like cooperative games because I feel like that should be in our main feature today. Because piggybacking off last week's episode, which if you haven't listened, I would go back and check it out. We want to talk this week, not about our favorite game mechanisms, but our least favorite. And for some reason, our listeners seem to love when we're real negative about stuff. So buckle up, because that's what today is about. (laughs) Yep. However, Jason did not put cooperative games on his list. I mean, I think it's low-hanging fruit. I've talked about that so many times. So it's implied. So we'll say... Number one, A, cooperative. Then we'll go down. (laughs) We'll keep going. All right, so the first thing that I really don't like, I don't even know if this is an actual mechanism, but I put it down. Even though you got all over me last week about in-game goals. Okay, okay. (laughs) Yes. So that's what I was getting ready to say. Even though I got on you last week, I did the same thing. And I did storytelling. So um, I, I hate this so much, I've honestly never even really played a game that does it because I steer away from those games. But I would say like, um, what's that one stupid game you were playing with the voice and the boats and the pirates and stuff? It's so good. Forgotten Waters. Yeah, Forgotten Waters. Uh, again, haven't played P- Pirates of the Arabian Nights or whatever. Stop it, Tales. <laughs> Tales. <laughs> I haven't played. Um, there's that one. Well, one we did play was Call of Call to Adventure, where you're rolling the runes and you're building this story with these cards. I don't remember that at all. Yeah, traded it. It's terrible. Um, storytelling is just not my thing. Like, I, I don't want to play a game and have to tell a story in it. Like, if I want to tell a story, I'll tell a story. If I want to write a story, I'll write a story. If I want to play a game, I want to play a game. I don't want to play a game and then have to recap everything through a story for 52 minutes. That's just not my jam. My imagination is terrible, so that's probably part of it. It's on me, probably. Definitely. But it's just not something that I want to play in a game. So storytelling is... One that I really don't enjoy. I also think that a lot of storytelling games are cooperative. And I love that where we can develop a world and a story together. We work together, that classic, like, heroes going on a quest together. But for some reason, you just hate working with other people and, you know, being part of a unit. Maybe. Maybe that's why I hate them, too, because they're cooperative. So, yeah, I'm out. They're so good. I just don't even understand. Uh, so that is definitely not on my list. My first one I've already mentioned in the uh, games played section, and that's area control. I hate area control. To be fair, I probably hate it because I am terrible at it. No matter how I try, when I think I'm like using the cards well, pl- you know, making clever plays, no, no, no. Someone always comes along, usually Jason, and boots me out at the last minute. That's so, true. I'm, I'm pretty mean at area I control. have nothing. <laughs> and it just really ticks me off. Like, I just hate that. And then some people are like, well, this isn't really like area control. It's like area majority. That sucks too, okay? <laughs> it's the same thing, just with a different name. Don't church it up. It's all bad. I don't like that. <laughs> and like I mentioned before, it's because it really forces you, I think, into one mode um, style, strategy of play. And I like it when we can all kind of do our own thing and then see who did it best or whose plan worked out the best. Not who went in and beat up everybody at the last second and got area control. I hate that. I, I hate that. Like, I love PDB. Um, and I like the idea of revolution, like planning where you're going to go behind the screen. But I hate the actual like scoring of it <laughs> where you have to have area control and area majority. 
I don't like that. Um, gosh, there's so many games that do this. Like we talked about Brew, for example. I, bleh, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, Dune Imperium. There's some interesting like mechanisms happening other parts of the board, and then there's this dumb area majority combat kind of thing. Stupid, stupid. <laughs> I. I think the one way that I don't mind being mean in the game is area control. Like, I don't know. It doesn't bother me nearly as much as you. Like, and yeah, you're because you're a complete jerk about it. That's why. Like, you that's, absolutely that's are. That's true. It's the one way that I do like to be mean in the game. I'll just go in and, like, boot you out and steal all your stuff. <laughs> like, I do like that. It's, I, I just, I, no. I would rather play any other way. No, thank you. I would rather direct combat than this BS. No, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of terrible combat, that's my <laughs> next one, is uh, Roll to Resolve Combat. I put that down just because that's a mechanism that I really despise, but it could be direct combat where you're just playing cards on me and hitting me for no apparent reason. But Roll to Resolve, I could work all this thing. I could do all this thing. I go in, I send 42 characters in, I roll all ones and I lose my battle. No fault of my own, but terrible die roll did all that, and now I've completely wasted what I did for the last 30 minutes. Not a fan of that. I mean, I'm never going to be playing that game anyway in the first place. But if I did, if somebody tricked me, I would uh, really hate that. So roll to resolve combat or direct combat. Just anything with combat in the in the title of the mechanism, I'm out. So, um, yeah, roll to resolve combat slash all other types of combat, dead to me. This doesn't bother me that much, except for the fact that it's often accompanied by airy control, which does obviously tick me off. Um, That's true. But after playing... D and D so often, like I'm used to roll to resolve combat. So <laughs> Yeah, that's like everything that I hate in all my list. Storytelling, cooperative, roll to resolve combat. Like <laughs> there's nothing good about that at all. And imagination, having fun with other people. Yeah, I know. Yep. Yep. It's fine. I'll just go do it by myself. My next one is I also alluded to this earlier because I talked about how my brain doesn't work like other people. <laughs> And because of that, I have trouble with games that include spatial manipulation. Now, I can lay down square tiles. That's fine. Um, if they have, like, odd shapes in the art on them, like we talked about, oh, what was that terrible game with the Roman cities? City Builder. Yes. I, There's are square tiles. Yes, but on top, like, when you were, like, trying to close off sections they were always like sideways and slanted and <sighs> oh yeah that's true yeah yeah no no it hurts i don't like that my brain doesn't work that way um particular example the one i always point out because like this game almost broke me uh new york 1901 or whatever the numbers oh, are. Oh, I thought you were going to say boss monster. <laughs> no, that one also was a problem. I just couldn't get my act together on that one. I don't know what's going on. I'm willing to give that another one and go, I don't know if I could do New York Connection one again. Because part of your turn is predicated on setting things up to buy a particular tile to fit on your board to score some points. And you don't want other people to know which one you're going to take because they could take it from you and all this stuff. My problem was I kept saving up to buy a particular building on my turn. And when I went to pick it up, it never fit. Never. Because I couldn't manipulate it in my brain to see if it fit or not. I would have to pick it up and actually try it. Um, 
And that kind of defeats the whole strategy there. Uh, so it was terrible. It was just so bad. I can't do it. My brain can't do it. And since I have no chance whatsoever, I just want to stay away from them. Keep your Tetris BS at home. I'm looking at you, Patchwork, Baron Park, all those things. I don't want anything to do with them. Unless it's just squares with basic easy stuff in the top, like 100 Tory or something. The 100 Tory. Okay, I can do that. Otherwise, no, thank you. Yeah, I don't I don't have a problem with this one at all, but I know you do hate this. I like playing these kinds of games. We don't normally play them because you always get on me that we don't play games that I like, but we don't play these because you don't really like them. So there is that one. If we play games that have tiles, usually they have square tiles. There was an exception last night, but that wasn't the crux of the game there. But I didn't really love that part of it either, but... Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I didn't really either, actually. And I feel b- that's the hard thing is maybe these games are good, but and and part of it is I I am just too competitive to play a game that I know I have zero chance of winning because my brain just doesn't work that way. It it just doesn't. And if I knew how to fix it, I would, but I can't, so I'm not playing them. What about Meeple Land? It was all squares and rectangles. Was that a problem? No, that was not a problem. That didn't feel like a problem. There are other things I was dealing with. And plus, it wasn't a big deal that you could pick it up and, and look at oh, yeah, that's how true. it would go that's on true. your turn. It wasn't like holding things up or like the crux of the turn. So I didn't have a problem with it. Gotcha. All right. So my last one is probably one that I will still play because we do play these games sometimes. But that is social deduction. If I had my druthers... I would rather not play these games. I, I am, you know, I called Katie a lion piece of trash in these games. So <laughs> yes. I'll play in them. In front of many, many people. <laughs> I'll play them. I'll get into them. But if I didn't have to, I wouldn't. So, you know, like um, Secret Hitler is a really good one. Deception Murder of Hong Kong is is one. Um, <laughs> notice I didn't say good there. I, yes, I was picking that up, honey. Thank you. <laughs> Hoax is a pretty good one. Um, so we have some that we play, and I'll play those games because they're the games are, are good. But if I didn't have to, I'm going to go play something else. So it's it's not a mechanism that I like despise, despise, but it's definitely one that I don't really love. So I had to put it on the list, and that's social deduction. Yeah, there's like two on your list that I really like. I really like social deduction. I think I talked about that last week. It's one of my favorites, and now it's on your list. You did. Favorite. Well, you did deduction and social deduction. I, I'm fine. I'm more fine with deduction than social deduction. I just really like this. And I think this when the thing about social deduction games is they tend to be for bigger groups and you don't like to play right. in those anyway. So That's if, true. if it ever happens that we play one of these, you're usually off playing a game with two or three people. And I'm leading the social deduction game because it's my jam. And I have no problem with them. I really enjoy them. And so it kind of frees you up to get away from them. So That's true. And, and like I said, I will play these because we have played these. And, you know, if we do games with our church or whatever, I'll play these. That's fine. I would just rather not. Yeah. My last one is also a mechanism that I have played before. There's actually, okay. <laughs> I have played this game before. There's one game that I've played that's this type of game that I would play again. Otherwise, no thank you. And that mechanic is dexterity games. 
Gosh, I hate dexterity in a game. It's stupid. Okay? Like, if we're gonna, like, flip things, flick things, tilt things, let's just build something or go play, um, like, what is that? Cornhole or something outside or, like, an actual sport. Not try and make a sport on a board game. Absolutely not. Part of it is I can't gently flick things. I either flick them really hard or not at all. So that defeats all purposes. Um, I am clumsy as a general rule. So stacking things always leads me to knocking things over because I constantly knock things over, drop things out of my hands, and fall over myself. I just... And I don't know what, like, people love dexterity games, and I don't understand it. Just go play a real sport. Like, why are you trying to bring it into a game? <sighs> the closest thing to a dexterity game that I really like is from the 90s, Pogs. Okay, you get me a slammer and a stack of cardboard, Pogs. Okay, we'll we'll throw down. Otherwise, no, thank you. Really? That's the one that you said you liked is Pogs? No, but no, I, I actually like. The one that I played that it wasn't the worst was Flick of Faith. Okay, yeah. I still... That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But I was like, maybe she didn't mean that one. (laughs) No, Pogs just came back to me as, oh, yeah, I was really into that. And I would probably do it again. But Flick of Faith is the one that I played, and it's not super terrible. I still would definitely not choose it, and I don't want to own it. Um, But I just... Why on dexterity games? Why? Because there's a lot of, like, luck. Talk about unmitigated luck. To me, that's what dexterity games are. That, no, no, thank you. Yeah, I we, we were talking about this a little bit. I kind of like dexterity games. It's not something I'm going to like bring out on my own to play, but I'll play it. Like we played that stupid car one, pitch car. No. Um, cro- we did it, but I mean, I played it. <laughs> Crokinole, I played. Flick of Faith is fine. Like I actually kind of really like Flick of Faith. So it's fine. I think the tricky part is the flicking is, some games the flicking is more important. And I, and I think if you're not a good flicker, then you're automatically going to be terrible at the game. Right. So you're not going to have any fun because you're just flicking off the table every time. Right. <laughs> just not good. So, and that that's part of it. You got to, if you're just not a good flicker, then it's automatically going to be not that good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So, nope. Yeah. That is not for me. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I guess not every dexterity game, game is a flicking game. Some of them are stacking oh, and right. all that mess too. I included those. I'm not doing that either. Mm-mm. Yeah, I don't I don't really want to do a stacking game, but I'll play a flicking game. Hmm. So those are the least favorite game mechanics of Jason and I. I'm sure and I know there are many of you out there in the Riveted, many of you listening, they're like, oh, that's my favorite kind of game. Great. And you're wrong. <laughs> We're not playing them with you. Uh, <laughs> but what kind of games do you really dislike? Tell us in the comments if you find um, the posting for this episode on Facebook. Definitely, definitely post about it in our Facebook group, hashtag The Riveted. If you aren't a member of The Riveted, like I said at the top, we would love to have you there. Great talk about games, discuss the episode, um, ask each other for advice. Uh, I just, it's just a great place to be. One of the few social media places that I actually really enjoy. And one of the few board game social media places I actually really enjoy. I mean, you're, you're not wrong there. Those are uh, becoming bad pretty quickly. Legit. Um, post pictures, maybe, if you have a least favorite mechanism or a favorite mechanism. 
or a game that is one of our least favorite that you think might win us over, that's a tough sell. Post on Instagram. Give us a little IG pic or um, give us a tweet on Twitter or retweet our episode tweet. Um, And there's always YouTube comment on the episode, which you also put up there if that's an easier place for you to listen. Um, And there are plenty of games that we do like with mechanisms we do like um, that have reviews on YouTube because Jason is awesome at that. I good. And even some that we don't like, because yes. even though I don't like it, other people will, and we can still cover those games and, you know, at least, I'm, I just won't give an opinion on it. That's right. And that's also with this. These are our least favorite game mechanisms. So we don't own games, for the most part, with these mechanisms, and we don't seek out to play them. But we know there are plenty of people that do really like them. Even amongst, between the two of us, we like some of the least favorite mechanisms of the other, but yet we can still coexist and get along. Imagine that. Yep. And I would actually, if someone wanted to play a game, maybe aside from storytelling, I would probably play a game with them that has some of my least favorite mechanisms in it. I wouldn't play it more than once, and I don't want to play it for three hours, but I, <laughs> I could play it with them. I, I, I'm, a, I'm willing to play most games, but they're just other games I prefer to play. I'll play them because I care about people. I won't be happy about it, and my displeasure will be known. <laughs> <laughs> and therein lies the difference uh, between us. <laughs> yep, yeah. yeah, that's true. I'll just play it and have fun, and I'll talk about displeasure in my head, but no one will know that I'm not having a good time. Speaking of being displeased, check out our friends at the Board Game Rundown, except for Dan, who I can't stand, but everybody else is awesome. They've got yeah. an okay show that they put um, on YouTube, and they're also doing the audio for it now, too, and they also do reviews and um, videos of stuff that we don't off always cover because they like different mechanisms than we do. That's true. They, I don't actually think we have the same review at all. Maybe a couple. There's a few, but, but not too many. Yeah, there's a couple. But yeah, there's a lot of different different videos there. So you can check out our channel for good games and go check out their channel for the other games. <laughs> well, and the games that like you actually have to back on Kickstarter, um, they actually are willing to part with their money, whereas Jason won't. So if you <laughs> if you want to look at non cheapskate reviews, you can check out the board game rundown. <laughs> That's true. That is that is a hundred percent accurate. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. I've spewed enough hate for one episode. I think. Yeah, I think we can wrap this up. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I've been Katie. And I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Unless it's spatial manipulation or dexterity or area control, in which case, game without me. 